The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into the action, Mike, what's new? Ah, oh, man. Uh, we're doing some video game talk right now. I, I dove into Ghosts of Tsushima. I think I pronounced that right this week. Holy crap. <laughs> I've I've played a lot of open world games lately, and I feel like if you play those in succession, they can kind of wear on you a bit. I'm like nine hours into this game, and I feel like I've barely like scratched the surface of what there is to do. Like, like I think I've covered maybe a, a quarter of the map. Like, haven't even really done any of the story missions. Just been going around, fighting Mongolians, being a badass samurai. So, highly, highly recommend. Super, super fun so far. And this is probably what's going to dominate my video game life for the next three to four weeks. Yeah, I've been playing something very similar, actually. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I think it's, I think it's kind <laughs> of in the same vein. Um does their island get invaded by outsiders? Because yeah, totally. if so, the, you're like yeah, right there. Absolutely. <laughs> There's some evil penguins that come and 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 freeze the island. So uh no, I wanted something that uh my wife and I could play together. So uh, it has a, a sweet co-op mode. And uh, I played all the Donkey Kong Country games on Super mm-hmm. Nintendo when I was a kid and loved them. So it was kind of cool to get back into a similar aesthetic, a really the same aesthetic, but but a slightly different gameplay because you can actually like have independently controlled characters instead of just like swapping who's in oh, nice. control like the old games. So mm-hmm. it's been uh, really fun. And of course there's like collectibles on every level. And so trying to find all these little puzzle pieces has uh, mm-hmm. been really fun. And I highly recommend it really good game on switch. And it's just that really nice looking two dimensional. Um, I mean, it's 3d models, but in a two dimensional mm-hmm. environment, and the way like only Nintendo can do, it just looks so good and uh, really highly recommend. So that's been a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, check it out. It's It's been on sale a ton over the last few years, like when it was on Wii U and then when it got ported. So like it's been on my list to get. And same here, man. I played those Donkey Kong games nonstop. It's actually one of the video games that my brother who's autistic would play. He would he could get through like the first three or four like worlds of that map on his own, which was pretty freaking sweet. So those games are no yeah. joke. No. I mean, going mm-hmm. back to the original Minecart carnage is like Ugh. legendary Ugh. <laughs> in terms of its difficulty in the platforming community. It's, it's just, you have to memorize it because yep. you don't have enough time to react to what you're seeing on the screen. So, uh, but that's been fun. And of course there's, a minecart level very early on in, be, yeah. in the new one as well. So, uh, but it's, it's fun. The, the physics is really nice. It's totally different from like Mario style platforming. So I've had to mm-hmm. kind of readjust how I time everything. Like there's no running really. You have your standard moving speed and then you have a dash. So you can dash jump but there's not like a get a running start and then jump, but you also Mm. can't jump flat footed and expect to get a lot of distance. So a lot to keep in mind. And uh, so it's been fun. It's been challenging. 
and um been really really digging that so i've heard good things about ghost of tsushima as well uh that's one that i know the the folks over at ign went nuts about back when it came out last year so um yeah i can i can see why it's it's up there with the last of us 2 already for me for like game of the year 2020 um so excellent excellent uh a game so far so we know what my game of the year for 2020 was. yeah yeah i know technically it came out like originally your game came out in 2018 on something else in early access it was released in 2020 okay we'll throw it in there i'm gonna play it at some point i promise i I have an opening in my game calendar after ghost of tsushima (laughs) because cyberpunk is a hot mess. Floppy dicks. Yeah, I'm going to wait for them to fix that. <laughs> so the uh, the How Did This Get Played podcast did a deep dive on Cyberpunk. Full spoilers. So if you're planning on playing it and you care about spoilers, mm-hmm. then don't listen to it. But I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. And they talked about like their favorite bugs that they encountered and you know, the things that they liked and disliked about the game. So after listening to that, I'm really not interested in playing it, Um, even though they all had really, you know, nice things to say about it. I can just tell Mm -hmm. that it's not my kind of game, Uh, but -hmm. it was a very entertaining listen. So check that out if you're interested. Yeah. And I heard it's not as bad on the current, the new gen, the next gen systems. It was really the the past gen that had some of the hilarious <laughs> game breaking glitches. I mean, it so. still will like on a PC on Xbox one X or series X, series whatever. X, um, series X. Y. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll still like completely crash out like randomly. Oh, fun. Uh, one of the hosts of that show, Heather was talking about how she beat the game and it was about to go into the closing like epilogue. And it crashed and it out crashed. <laughs> and no save. No. So she, she would have to play through the final section of the game over again to get back to the epilogue to see like how it actually ended because of that crash. So yeah, complete and utter fail on that front. But yeah, I think I'm going to avoid that one. But um, Joel, anything else on video game talk before we, we jump into this week's dynamite? Now let's talk wrestling. The dynamite that was. And dynamite kicked off with a TNT title match. Joey Janela taking on Darby Allen in a very entertaining and technical affair. Darby Allen retaining his title, leading us into a promo from John Moxley, where he reacted to the appearance of Kenta on last week's program. Next up, we caught up with Sammy Guevara and MJF backstage. And they had a little bit of a a kerfuffle ending with Sammy sucker punching MJF. This led into a tag team match between pretty Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi taking on the team of Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson, big shoddy Lee getting his first win in AEW after 29 losses in the 2020 calendar year. Big moment for him. We caught up with the Bullet Club backstage as they argued over whether the Good Brothers interfered in the Tag Team Battle Royal last week. And the Young Bucks issued a challenge to Santana and Ortiz for the TNT Tag Team titles. Next up, there was a bit of a misconnection between Adam Page and the Dark Order, uh, with Adam Page leaving to go to the bar with Matt Hardy and the Dark Order kind of uh, being sad and and wanting him to come spend time with them instead. 
After this was a match between Pac and Ryan Nemeth, the Hollywood hunk himself. Pac getting the win in brutal fashion, leading us to a video package catching up on Miro and the best friends rivalry. This led into a tag team match between MJF and Chris Jericho of the Inner Circle, taking on the acclaimed, getting the victory. But after the match, Sammy came out to the ring and announced that because of MJF's chicanery, he is done with the Inner Circle and he quits. Next up, Adam Page at the bar pulled a fast one on Matt Hardy by swapping out the contract that Matt Hardy had offered him for a contract of his own and getting Matt Hardy to sign it. Next up, Sting went to the ring to talk to Team Taz and was interrupted. And uh, what was kind of a basic segment turned hardcore when Darby Allen was placed in a body bag and dragged behind an SUV for a length of pavement. Next up, we caught up with Kenny Omega and Alex Marvez at the golf course with Kenny uh, hitting a horrible shot to the point where they couldn't even find his ball afterwards. And Don Callis procuring another ball and placing it in the cup while Kenny wasn't looking. Next up, Layla Hirsch took on Thunder Rosa in the first round of the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. Thunder Rosa got the win and will advance to the next round. Next up was a backstage segment with Jungle Boy cutting a promo regarding FTR, which took us into the main event. Kenny Omega and Kenta taking on John Moxley and Lance Archer in a wild affair that ended with Kenny and Kenta getting the victory with interference from the Good Brothers. And that was the Week of Dynamite. Stock up, stock down. So I was complaining internally a little bit on Twitter right before this match started because it didn't start until 9.45. But holy hell, Joel, this main event between Kenta, Omega, and Archer and Moxley just got ramped up to another level. And this was a really fun, entertaining uh, Falls Count Anywhere match. What were your first impressions of the main event tonight? I mean, I think it, they packed a lot into a short period of time and there was so much to see. I think giving a stipulation of Falls Count Anywhere, no disqualification, anything goes, allowed for a lot of fluidity between spots because you had all four members of both teams you know, active at the same time. This allowed for a lot of back and forth, trading off of who was beating up on who, trading off of which team had the advantage at any given moment, and a, a lot of really fun spots. Yeah, I, it's, I was a little weary of the pairing of Archer and, and Moxley just because things have been weird with Archer lately, but they look like a tag team. Like They could 100% like be a tag team together. Like they work similar styles. They look great in the ring. Like I, I was really impressed with what they were able to do. And I was just excited to see Kenta in a, a, in the ring, man. Like I always loved him in NXT and this was nothing like anything he did in NXT. <laughs> like it was insane. The, the stop off the stage was so fast and unexpected. Like I know the table was set up there and it looked like something was going to happen, but when he, dodged the clothesline and just immediately went for the dive and the stomp. Like 
I marked out. Like I was like, holy, I like I screamed, holy shit by myself in my apartment. So, um, in a, in a match that was kind of thrown together with the, the surprise debut of Kenta last week, I, I think it did what it needed to do. It was a fun, entertaining match and it sets up possibilities here for the next few weeks of dynamite leading into revolution. I could very easily see Archer and Omega now being the main event of revolution. I think it, like this match raised Archer up that high that it doesn't feel forced anymore. Yeah, I think he had a really great showing and there was a good amount of uh, setup because it was clear that going into last week that Mock still had his sights very clearly set on Omega. And now with the appearance of Kenta, his focus has shifted, which opens up Omega to new feud opportunities Mm -hmm. and slotting Lance Archer right in there makes perfect sense. Uh, I I liked the pounce that he hit or the, the, Mm -hmm. um, I forget what they called it. uh, Something stick with the pounce. Yeah. They, um, (laughs) They reference Marcus a particular Corvan. kind of um, uh, football block that I it, it escapes me a crackback block or something like that. Okay. Um, anyway, I thought that spot looked really good and really came out of nowhere. So uh, looked really nice, and that was one of those moments that derailed the momentum of Kenta and Kenny Omega, who had been in control and were you know beating up on Moxley, and then here comes Lance Archer to completely truck Omega and it looked really good. So I I really liked this match. I thought he had a great showing. And if that's where we end up, if you had told me two weeks ago that Lance Archer was going to be in the main event with Kenny Omega, I would have been like, well, shit, that's a main event. I'm not that interested in, but Mm -hmm. after seeing this match and having him inserted into this position, it feels natural. So I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, same here. Uh, two other things from this match. P- poor poor Peter Avalon. Just chilling in his bed, <laughs> then takes a GTS, and then his, 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 his bed gets destroyed. What What is Pretty Pete going to do going forward here? And then, Joel, I have to ask you, potatoes? Potatoes? Yeah, this was like, <laughs> I, I get it's a Falls Count Anywhere match, so you have to go places and, and odd places around the arena and the concourse and all of that. But this felt a little bit silly in a match that was tonally pretty serious. And so it just felt a little bit out of place for me. I think in isolation, in a vacuum, perfectly fine, good, fun wrestling stuff. And yeah, I laughed, but I... Like I asked you before we got on air, like is laughing really the thing that this match is supposed to evoke? And I don't think the answer to that is yes. So it didn't really land for me. Uh, I, I could I could take fewer spuds in in my uh, false count anywhere matches. I, I think if Moxley didn't pick one of them up and then use it as a weapon, I think I would have been like, great. It got a little silly because he literally was like, he was like, like waving around in front of the camera too after he hit Kenny with it. So that was a little silly to me. But the the overall just using whatever's around you, I I, I appreciated the spuds. And uh, man, did those tables look wa- those those kitchen metal tables they were on? Like those looked wobbly as fuck. That DDT spot kind of like scared the hell out of me because I thought that would, table was just gonna slip away. They're going to fall straight to the concrete. Yeah. Anytime 
the materials are used that are not a part of like the typical repertoire of, of what we see in a pro wrestling match. I get a little bit nervous because like, I haven't seen this before. Have they done this before? Do they know how <laughs> these objects are going to react? So, you know, it does add a, an element of uncertainty that's both like exciting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the whole backstage stuff, you you got to do it when you're doing a false count anywhere match. If you do a false count anywhere match and you don't go all over the arena, you have wasted the stipulation. Yep. And and just for people's uh knowledge, the Moxley Kenta title match will be Friday, February 26th on NJPW's The New Beginning USA. So I guess they're doing a a show in California and that's where that match will take place. I would not be surprised if there's another match at Revolution between these two, too, as well. Might as well, you know, could be part of their agreement. So uh may have to watch watch that show to see what happens with uh, Moxley and Kenta here. Uh, Joel, anything else before we move on to our next item? Well, just that you're going to have to call up your buddy Mark Cuban and get us some access TV so we can watch it. <laughs> Uh, I'll give him a, I'll give him a call right now. He's 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 dealing with some uh, some other stuff today, so <laughs> I'll give him a few days and then I'll and then I'll reach out see what he says. All right. So I, I know another thing we wanted to talk about was the opening match. This is to me a, a sign of a good episode of wrestling is when the first two things that we want to talk about are the first match and the last match because if you started strong and you finished strong, that's what people are going to come away with. So. TNT title on the line, Darby Allen, Joey Janela, not a whole lot of build to this match, but boy, did it deliver really good technical yeah. spots. Janela showing off his chops of uh, how to put together a really good match. And I I've been really impressed with Janela for a while. He's someone who doesn't immediately blow up the camera. Like his spots are not that impressive on their face but he does everything at the perfect pace the timing is excellent and everything looks impactful that super kick looked absolutely oh. devastating oh. and the spots to start this match with the hammer lock that janella just couldn't get out of i mm -hmm. love that stuff so I really enjoyed this match and I thought it was a great showcase for Joey Janela. Even in the loss, I felt like it elevated him and put him into the conversation. That's what I was seeing on Twitter during and after this match. Nobody's really talking about Darby Allen. Everyone's talking about Joey Janela and how great he looked in this match. So uh, big ups to him. Great showing. Yeah, and that's exactly what you want for a match where you're about 99.9% .9 sure the title's not changing hands here. Like it's same thing with Cody Rhodes and the the open challenge. If you can, even with the result, pretty much guaranteed. If you can go out and put on a great match, really put some good tape out there, and everyone walks away great. And the, yeah, this match was great, dude. Um, I think my the biggest thing I, I took from this is it doesn't matter with Darby Allen or Joe Janela, even if it's just a standard. This is a one on one wrestling match. There are going to be spots. There are going to be spots that make you go, "Oh my god." And I think it happened very early on that kind of brain buster thing that he did on the, that Janelle did to Darby on the apron. 
Oh, yeah. Where it looked like his, yeah, like his face just rebounded off of the corner of the ring. Joel, did you know that's the hardest part of the ring, too? I've heard that. I've also heard that the ring <laughs> post is harder. So uh, shout out to Excalibur on that one. But yeah, that spot looked absolutely devastating. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Darby Allen does one of the things in pro wrestling that freaks me out the most, which is he was selling his teeth for the rest of the match. And uh, that's something the first person I can remember seeing do that was AJ Styles and AJ Styles would do it like every single night he'd be selling his teeth. And it's like, but he'd be doing it after the match as he's walking up the ramp to, to leave the ringside area. And it's like, is his tooth like, did he really get jacked up? And I felt like Darby Allen was doing a really good job of continuing to go back to that throughout the match mm-hmm. and continue to sell that spot because it deserved it. And I've never seen someone come down on the apron at quite that angle before. And uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think I, I would call that a gourd buster. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know how to describe it, but yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, and it was absolutely nasty. Yeah, and, and then, you know, like, too, like, that that super kick you mentioned, but before that, like, the cough, the springboard coffin drop that was caught into a German suplex, like... Yeah, that looked That great. takes some strength. Like, I know Darby's not the biggest guy, but he's coming at you with a ton of momentum, and to be able to catch him and pull that off, like, it was just really great stuff. Oh, and that pile driver, too, was really impactful. Pile short. driver happened fast too yeah there was like like no warning that that was about Mm -hmm. to happen and uh that was kind of the story of this match though it was really well paced and everything moved with a really good uh rhythm and I i just really enjoyed everything that they put together i could watch matches like that to open dynamite every week and every week we usually we get something pretty darn good yeah, this this episode kind of fit kind of the what I would consider like the like the prototype dynamite episode. This is my favorite kind of episode. We got some good matches yeah. and we mostly focused on advancing storylines. Speaking of advancing storylines, Mike, did you have anything else on this match or do we want to I want to I want to say one more thing and I really liked how Darby set up the coffin drop. I don't know if you noticed, Joel, but he had Janela's arm underneath his back. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, when I broke my arm playing football in elementary school, like I got pushed and that's how I landed, like in that exact same like arm behind me type of thing. So I was just having like Vietnam flashbacks, like, oh no, it's gonna break his arm. And then he landed right on him and like, oh, just just having gone through that experience, like that made it look ten times worse than it probably was, but great stuff that that's all i have left of this match we can move on now all right so uh, a storyline that kind of came to a head that we've been talking about on this podcast for for a number of weeks sammy guevara quits the inner circle now i have mixed feelings about this i'm kind of stuck in the middle um obviously i'm glad that sammy is out of the inner circle that's something i've been waiting for for a while but like no flair, no style, no bombast. Just walk out to the ring and I quit. I mean, it felt like a bigger moment when he sucker punched MJF than when he actually quit the inner circle. And, you know, I, I like that he didn't offer an ultimatum like he goes or I go kind of thing. Um, because that like 
puts the power in the hands of Jericho and he mm-hmm. kept the power for himself by just saying, I told you I was going to do this. Now I'm going to do this. And I, I like that aspect of it, but I just, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted him to kick somebody. I wanted him to interfere in a match. I wanted him to take some kind of action to signify that he was out. And I guess it's it's really that sucker punch. And that's what I need to focus on. But the actual moment in the ring was a little lackluster for me. You, Yeah, you probably could have split this up between this week and next week. Like you could have had the sucker punch and then post-match everyone's like, where's Sammy? And then do that whole thing next week. But um, I think we're going to get all that stuff you mentioned in the next few weeks, few months, because this obviously isn't over. Um, I kind of liked the way Jericho kind of sold it. Like he looked sad and confused when Sammy was like, I quit. <laughs> like, and if you go back to the original iteration of the inner circle, like Sammy was the kind of, you know, the young kid, you know, he was the Orton of the group, the one that you wanted to see grow. So I, I, I liked how he sold that. And then I also love, like, were you watching MJS face as soon as Sammy said, I quit? Like he flashed this grin real quick and then he kind of like pulled away, pulled it back a little bit, but you could just kind of tell he's like, this is exactly what I wanted. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, you know, we're used to teams breaking up in explosive fashion, you know, turning on someone brutal attacks. Like I kind of just liked it. If him just being, I'm done. I've had, people that I've had fights with where I'm just like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. And just walked away. So it felt, it felt more real to me than sometimes some of the, the pro wrestling breakups you get. Like we don't need someone to go through the barbershop window every time. All right. I'm sold. I'm sold. Uh, but can, can we take a moment to mourn the loss of one of the great tag teams in AEW history? No more the Sammy Hager. Oh, <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe maybe Hager goes with them. I don't know. Maybe maybe our Sammy Hager <laughs> team can continue here. But tough break for uh, Sammy th- Hagar. I mean, <laughs> who's he going to pull for now? It's just it's just Hagar, it's I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think this is one of the more, more compelling stories they have going on right now. I would probably say Kenny Omega's heel turn, and then the Sammy stuff, and he. So we 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 talked last week about somehow the early AW like young guys are really breaking out now. Sammy of a year and a half ago doesn't make that doesn't pull this off. Like how he was in the backstage scene, how he was in the ring, his his kind of his acting like it was it was so much. He's come so far in a year and a half that I think it's just once again another testament to what they have going on there and the development of these guys. I'm not sure if it was just the magic of a, of wearing a, a tight fitting t-shirt either, or he looked, he bigger. looked bigger. Yeah. It looks yeah. like he's been hitting the gym, lifting some weights, chowing down on some protein. He looks big. Looks good. Some salmon and brown rice, <laughs> <laughs> salmon, brown rice and broccoli. The Jinder Mahal special. Oh, my dude. I love, I was wearing his t-shirt the other day and I was like, Oh, the summer of Jinder was awesome. <laughs> I'm glad I was there. For no that. one agreed with me. <laughs> glad I was there for that. No, I hated it while it was happening. And then as soon as uh, it was over, I was sad. Yep. Yep. All right, man. You ready to move on to lightning round? Move on. Let's do it. 
lightning round. Uh, let's talk about the opening match of the women's eliminator tournament. Oh, this also could have been match of the night. Like they were three really solid to great matches tonight. And Layla Hirsch and Thunder Rosa put on a show. But yeah, what 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 do you think of this? I know you're a mark for both of these these women, so I'm sure this was right up your alley. Yeah, I love this match. I thought it was the right amount of competitive. Uh, it really put over Layla Hirsch against somebody who, you know, we know to be a dominant force in women's wrestling in Thunder Rosa. Uh, the right person won, and it set up the bar really high for this tournament. Mm-hmm. And we found out tonight that the matches on the Japanese side of the bracket will be airing on YouTube. So that'll be available for the US audience to view. It's not going to be behind a paywall or anything. So that's nice. I was concerned that those weren't going to be, you know, easily available. So it's good that we we know that. And that's going to be kicking off on Monday. So yep. uh, we're all set to have a great tournament. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun and really really just looking forward to to all these matchups the, the first round stacked like it it is a my obviously not having big swollen there but it's it's a stacked stacked tourney uh joel you got something for me here in lightning round yeah i really loved all of the adam page stuff i know shocker i liked some adam <laughs> page stuff he's only like my favorite wrestler um but the scene with him and the dark order was just so heartbreaking <laughs> And uh, hangman, right? And and you got John Silver, and he's like, I'll, "I'll catch you on the flip." Oh, that's stupid! And then he hits himself <laughs> in the forehead, and Adam Page is kind of walking by awkwardly, and it's just the whole thing. And Colt Cabana kind of gave him a half-hearted wave, and then pulled it back, and you know, it was just great. I I love everything the Dark Order is doing right now. I love what they're doing with Adam Page, and then the follow-up segment in the bar when Matt Hardy thought that he had gotten Adam page drunk enough to sign this contract that would give 30% of Adam pages earnings to Hardy. And then while Matt Hardy is gloating to the camera, Adam page switches out the contracts and gets Matt Hardy to sign something that he has not read. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Yeah, he totally. I, I didn't a even fast notice one. that. He totally pulled a fast oh. one on Matt Hardy. So, you know, and that's why Adam okay. Page is so gleeful as soon as Matt Hardy <laughs> left. He's like, you know what? I think I'll have another. That's be oh, so. Is Adam Page getting thirty percent of Matt Hardy's money? He might be getting thirty percent of private party's money. Who knows? <laughs> I I swear I didn't I didn't notice that. I was wondering like what was up. Maybe was it was it super subtle or like am i just an idiot it was a little bit little sleight of hand but i think you know the camera is kind of focused on matt at that point because he leans towards the camera to talk and uh it it just totally set up that distraction there was a lot of background stuff going on on this episode it got me and uh like i loved all the i guess skipping ahead to my next item on lightning round i loved all of the background stuff on the golf course i uh (laughs) touched on it on the the rundown at the beginning, but I just thought it was hilarious that they were looking around, kind of kicking dirt, trying to find Kenny's ball, which he totally blasted over the green. (laughs) And uh, then finally Don just pulls the ball out of his pocket. He's like, well, whatever. And then they set it down on the green 
And then they were still waiting for him to be done with Alex Marvez. And then they eventually just gave up and poked it into the cup. And, you know, just. That's another eagle, Kenny. The whole thing was just (laughs) hilarious to me. Oh, my God. This is. That's the dumb humor that I love. Like that, that, that stuff is, is so funny to me. So yeah, that, that was great. I love that. I love that whole segment too. And, um, you know, the actual like wrestling part of it, like how come you're not preparing? How come you're not watching tape? And Kenny's like, cause I don't have to like, like they're really leaning into this Michael Jordan, you know, like I, and I took it personally persona here. It, it's, it's wonderful. I, I really love it. I loved my next lightning round item. I loved how vindictive Kenny's uh, entrance t- today was. Where like was the first IWGP United States champion, like and arguably and, like, the best, and arguably the best. Like it was. Oh, I, I love that. I love that so much. I think it's super funny. Um, and the the way they get North Carolina into it every time. Yeah. So as a real <laughs> basketball fan, like I can't hear my team announced without thinking North Carolina. We know uh, AEW is going to reach like a cultural breaking point when at a, a game at, was it the Dean dome? Yep. What is it? Yep. And we hear, we hear that and it's going to be awesome. That would be impressive. Like, <laughs> um, I, I mean, truly, that would be impressive. But I just, at this point, they're going to have to settle for me hearing Justin Roberts in the back of my head every time <laughs> I watch a game. So, uh, and I know how much Carolina basketball you watch. So that every game makes me that makes me so damn happy that that's in your head every time. Um, yeah. Next, sorry, next item in lightning round. Um, I know that. Lee Johnson was the story of that, you know, getting his first win, but that big tall mofo Caesar Bononi. Yeah. He looked really, really impressive. That's a whole lot. I'm of assuming. Humanity. Yeah. I'm assuming he's been on dark. So I'm assuming he's gotten some run here and there really liked what I saw from him. Just a really, just the size was, and Cody's, Cody's a big dude and he kind of towered over Cody, but so I think he's a, Former football player. Um, I know he was an NXT talent, and that's where I was introduced to him years ago. Okay. Um, but he has dramatically improved as a worker since I saw him in the other wrestling company. And I like what I've seen. He's big. He's impressive. And given the average roster size in AEW, he towers over guys here in a way that he didn't or definitely wouldn't have on the main roster in the other wrestling company. So I think it's a good fit for him. And I think he'll, you know, stick around for a while. He's not going to be a big deal um, for a while because he's still got a lot of learning. He's very green from what I can tell. And uh, in the future, he could be a major factor. And yeah, not to take away, Lee Johnson looked awesome. In this match too, yeah, that dude, 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 super talented, flipping dive yep. to the outside. That was really impressive, and he's someone who has just been on the grind for a while. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously went zero and twenty nine in twenty twenty. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. Uh, but I'm glad that some of these 
talents who have been with AEW for a while are starting to get wins. You know, it started with Brandon Cutler and then Peter Avalon. So if we start to see Lee Johnson get a bigger role, uh, I'm all for that. I've been high on Lee Johnson from the beginning. He's so tremendously athletic and he's had some great matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that corkscrew reminded me a little bit of like, he looked like Ricochet. Yeah, a little bit. In the moment. Like that's that's the thing that immediately popped out to me. So um, yeah, props to them. And kind of, I dig the the promo afterwards and we'll see we'll see what he does with here going forward with the nightmare family but uh joe you got another thing for me for lightning round um i we kind of already talked about it but i just want to reiterate how much i loved the sammy and mjf interaction uh mm-hmm. backstage I, I think we talked mostly about sammy leaving but this was a really well done segment from both performers so kind of shout out to mjf here uh, he was great throughout this episode, but uh, just goading Sammy into saying what he wanted for the recording that he was making on his phone surreptitiously, and then, you know, ultimately getting sucker punched and selling that so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really loved that. And I thought it was a low blow first, the way he reacted to yeah, it. Yeah, like... he he really went down like a sack of hammers, so... Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that uh, backstage segment and uh, just really, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is I, okay. We've talked before. The camera is a part of kayfabe. Like it, the camera is the camera. Like we're just, we're, we're just watching them. We're not supposed to, but when Sammy specifically said, no camera, you, you stay, you stay. What's the big deal of, mjf recording him when we've acknowledged there's a camera in the room recording them like (laughs) yeah admittedly that aspect of it does kind of fall apart under scrutiny but i I think it's just one of those things one of those pro wrestling things you just have to accept at face value and move on yeah which is unfortunate thing it's unfortunate you know like but like that was what my head me went to i'm like what why is he so mad? <laughs> so, uh, I, I got one more thing. Um, I really liked that Miro promo, just basically screaming about the wedding last week. And then the, when it cut to orange Cassidy and Chuck, Chucky, where orange Cassidy goes like, what did they think was going to happen? And, <laughs> and Chuck goes, obviously orange Cassidy's coming out of a wedding cake. Like I just, I've loved how they've kind of poked at the tropes of weddings here the last two weeks. And that 15, 20 second clip of orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor made me laugh way harder than it probably should have. Oh no, that was great. And their comedic timing was excellent. <laughs> uh, orange Cassidy is the master of getting a lot of mileage out of very little fuel. You know, he said just a few words and those are probably the most words that we're going to hear from him for weeks. And it just totally landed and was hilarious and fantastic. So I love that. I love the cheers and Chuck just totally downing that entire glass of champagne. Uh, (laughs) Thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, I, I'm excited to see this feud continue. I'm glad that 
they've found ways to really keep it moving and to move the power dynamics back and forth between these two groups. Uh, Mm -hmm. Miro was clearly in control with having Charles as his butler. And now they've flipped the script. Charles is no longer the butler and there's cake on Penelope's face and everybody is upset in Kip's camp over what happened with the wedding. So uh, really good storytelling to move things along and let's, let's see where it goes from here. Yeah, man. I'm amazed at how long this story has been going on. Like it's been going on for a couple months now, right? Miro I think debuted in December. I think it probably culminates with Miro and Orange Cassidy at Revolution. That that feels like an appropriate blow off for for what's going down here. Mm-hmm. Which, if that's the case, that's going to be crazy fun. Um, another thing that kind of took me by surprise, Joel, and it was Shivani and a Sting was coming out to address Team Taz, and then Darby gets dragged behind an SUV for like thirty yards. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you gimmick that, like. <laughs> You they it must have been like they must have just done camera tricks where they then took him out of the bag, put like a dummy in it. Bag like, was that's still the only moving way. like right up until like as the vehicle starting to I know, pull away. I, know, like, I don't. Did they put a sheet of hard plastic in the bottom of the bag? Like I know there's got to be stuntman tricks to to do mm-hmm. stuff like that and actually have a real person in there, but like they gunned it that. They were not going slowly <laughs> through that parking lot. So uh, however they did it, props, it it was terrifying. It, it looked awesome. And uh, yeah, I was kind of bummed that it was like, oh, we're getting yet another yep. goofy segment of battling promos. And it's like, no, no, this is a little bit more. We've skipped getting some murders. levels. <laughs> I don't I got some I got some uh big show's dad getting dragged behind the car by uh big boss man vibes from this. So uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. But I, I I really enjoyed it. And this I'm really excited for this this street fight at Revolution. I, it like seeing Sting in a match in 2020 is enough to get me excited, but when you actually have this cool feud behind it, yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right, Joel. I think we've covered literally everything. I think so. It was a good episode, though. Everything. everything... Oh, the acclaimed rules. The acclaimed rules. Yes. I like them a lot. I like the acclaimed. We didn't talk about that match. We talked about the inner circle adjacent to that match, but we didn't talk about that match. Uh, Yeah. Yo, props to Jericho for taking that boombox to the dome. (laughs) Like, Like, that looked legit. Either he's the most incredible seller or they actually hit him with it because it looked it looked a explosive <laughs> so all right so if we're going for the platinum on this episode uh the the one other thing we have not talked about was uh pack had a match with ryan nemeth um oh god yeah and uh the <laughs> the match ended with ryan nemeth screaming in agony with his tongue lolling out in front of the camera while he was in the brutalizer tapping out and uh i think that kind of summed up the entire match it was uh it was a brutal and violent affair. I will say before the uh, he put him in the brutalizer, like he looked, I thought like 
he wasn't he looked dead <laughs> like yeah. when he like he legit i was like is he okay like because he literally is just dead weight right now for for pack to set him up for this move like i was a little worried so. well he clearly learned how to sell from from dolph i mean i know they sell I know. the same way it's amazing <laughs> uh, and, uh, a new rule <laughs> shout out to pack going full-on jason in this match and just stalking around he didn't run he just walked slowly from spot to spot you can't get away he will find you and you know i know he's supposed to be like kind of a baby face now but like i kind of was watching this match i'm like just he's dead already leave yeah, him alone baby faces can't do murders like <laughs> it just doesn't work I mean, Sammy Guevara got run over by two baby faces last year. Well, and that I guess, was almost you know, murder, I guess so. in AEW, baby faces can do murder. Yeah, I'm, I'm more murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We we have literally covered everything. Guys, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. Can subscribe on I not iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. You can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. And Joel, anything to say before I go down into this alley and get this Pepsi shelf that I want so badly? <sighs> I think it's a very sad time to join the Dark Order. Join Dark Order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.